This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented, of course, by DraftKings. This is the podcast this time of year to get you ready for the NFL Draft. You can always check me out on social media, at Ross Tucker NFL, whatever platform you're on, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even TikTok. It's always at Ross Tucker NFL. People have really been enjoying my pierogi post. Who knew you could post a picture of pierogies and get 3 million impressions and 50,000 engagements? What a time to be alive. Although a lot of you don't even know about pierogies, unless you're, you know, the PA people or Cleveland or maybe even Chicago. I'm actually going to ask Emery about that momentarily. All of our shows are on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. And then we also, you can check out our shows on social at Ross Tucker Pod. That's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. That's how you see the highlight clips of the shows, the best of the best. And the best of the best always involves Emery Hunt. He is the only draft guru that is everywhere, literally everywhere. If there's an all-star game, Emery is there. He was just at the HBCU Legacy Bowl. We'll talk about that momentarily he'll be at the combine he was at the senior bowl and the nfl pa bowl and the shrine bowl you know he didn't even say anything about this to me i can tell he might be a little bit under the weather because he's on planes every day flying all over the place you got to check him out on social like i do at fball game plan on twitter football game plan on youtube where he's been a youtube star like he's like jake paul like he's like a youtuber he's been at star for like 10 years And then most importantly, I can't stress this enough, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. If you watch like the XFL and a guy makes a play and you're like, oh, that was, that guy's pretty good. Who is that? He's in one of Emery's draft guides. You just have to, you just have to go back and look at it. It's unbelievable. And Emery, I was laughing all week last week, all week, nobody. I hadn't seen anybody saying that Anthony Richardson was the number one quarterback. Nobody. Most people were saying and talking about the big three of Levis, Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud. Last week, first of all, before the season on this show, Emory had Richardson as, as number one guy. Then last week, to start the week, Emory has Anthony Richardson from Florida as his number one quarterback. And then it was like a snowball going downhill. The whole rest of the week, it was like Tuesday. There's some whispers of people like Anthony Richardson. Wednesday, Anthony Richardson, he's going to go higher than you think. Thursday, 
Several teams believe Anthony Richardson's the best prospect in in the draft Friday. Anthony Richardson clearly going to be a guy that goes top ten. You just have to have him sit out a year. Emery, how did that happen? That was one week, and I am convinced it was this show. It was your comments on this show. People were not saying that a week ago. It, it makes you wonder, Ross. Like, what took everyone so long to come around to this? this idea that he could potentially go number one or he could potentially be the top quarterback in the draft class. I just find it fascinating that, you know, people that study the draft all year long. Now I told people about my process, you know, we started the draft process in January. Yeah. We talk prospects on the show, but we started in January when we go see all these all-star games and stuff like that. Uh, but it's, you know, guys that cover this year round, didn't see the the potential or treated him as an afterthought. It was funny to watch week one, uh, him against Utah, coming off what I said in the preseason, and then immediately after that game, everyone started to one-up each other about he can win the Heisman, he's clear-cut number one, and now you're seeing all last week all of these you know deep ball throws or the same run play that he had against LSU. You're seeing that all throughout the Twitterverse. So it's just funny to me because if you're doing the work the right way, you could have came to this conclusion a little bit earlier than last weekend. Totally agree. Uh, you were like here. That's the thing I like about Twitter. It's the thing I like about podcasts. We have receipts. We, like we have dates on this. We post the clips. Our boy Jack posts the clips. We have it from last summer. I can see the replies to last summer. People making fun of Emery for saying that. Guess what? I can see the replies from a week ago, people laughing at Emory for saying that Anthony Richardson was the number one quarterback. And yet, here we are, more and more people were saying that towards the end of the week. I was thinking about you. I don't even, I can't remember if I texted you or not, Emory, but I thought about you every day. Like, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. People were not saying this. So that's why you listen or watch this show. Because Emery is ahead of the curve, and he's everywhere. And we're continuing our positional draft series with his, we'll call him 7 through 12 quarterbacks. Last week, if you remember, it was Anthony Richardson 1, Bryce Young 2, C.J. Stroud 3. Got a lot of attention for Todd Centeno at 4, which I loved. JMU Sports loved that too. Jaron Hall 5. Hendon Hooker, six. Before we get to your next group, though, Emery, I do want to talk about the HBCU Legacy Bowl because you were there. Give me one or two takeaways from that, whether it's a position or a player or something that really stood out to you there because that's what makes you unique. You are everywhere. I saw your videos and I saw your clips being posted from the Legacy Bowl. What jumped out to you there? That this is a very good edge rusher class coming from the HBCU ranks. I have an article coming out today on CBSSports.com talking about my top 20 HBCU prospects. And, you know, last year it was spread across both sides of the ball. This year, while there's no top-tier quarterback, there's no elite-level wideout, there's one guy that that's legit in Xavier Smith from FAMU. But this defense, this this defensive end and you know defensive line, cornerbacks, safeties are just ridiculous, man. Joshua Pryor 
of Bowie State. He was on the radar for about three years. And, you know, I thought he was going to transfer and follow Coach Damon Wilson to Morgan State. You know, he kind of fell off, and I think people had questions about his weight. Uh, but he came in, checked in at 6'3 and a quarter, or 6'3 and a half, uh, 242, carried it well, and he looks like that prospect that was on the Senior Bowl watch list a couple of years ago. So he may have played himself into a draftable uh, situation. So has Keenan Isaac, who we talked about from the NFLPA Bowl. He was down there, 6'2", 188, just insane athleticism and length. Uh, his cover skills are top-notch. And so now there's two separate all-star games where he put together uh, outstanding performances. Love it. You are flying out later today, Emery, to go to the Combine. I wanted to get your thoughts on what's the most important aspect of the Combine for you why do you go? Why do you feel like it's important? Who should we be looking at or aware of more than I guess I just asked you like five questions in one, which you're not supposed to do. So let's go one at a time. Why, why do you go? What What's the biggest reason for you going to the Combine? It's a great networking event. So you get to talk to people from around the country. Um, it's a great event to attend. Because now you get to ask these questions to these players that you've followed all throughout the season. So you can get some of your questions answered. I've done a great job with that. Um, you know, getting the first question out to Lamar Jackson, first question out to Dwayne Haskins, first question out to Jalen Hurts. So I'm shooting for the first question out to Anthony Richardson. And the reason why I like doing that is because, you know, everybody's afraid to ask a question. So I'll jump in and get, you know, stacked back-to-back questions. And, um, you know, get some really good answers. So I just like to see how these kids answer these questions um, and how they perform in a stressful situation. I mean, you got media from across the country, scouts and coaches from across the the NFL. um, And this is the biggest job interview that you're going to go to. So I do like going because I feel like the most important part to answer another part of your question um, is the interviews. You know, and I know as media, we only could talk to the players and see how they answer our questions. But it's important for the NFL guys and their meeting, you know, and their questions and their interviews and their medicals. That's the most important part of this whole combine experience is just that, Hey, while you guys are here, let's have them do something and work out. Um, but for the most part, it's just about the medicals and the interviews. You know, I wonder how much, obviously we know they care about the in-person interviews where they have their 15 minutes and they kind of grill them and they try to, you know, get them off base or whatever. I've always wondered how much they care or how much they watch the media sessions and how the players handle the media sessions, Emery. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I've had scouts tell me at All-Star Games that, you know, they watch my interview with so-and-so prospect, whether it's an interview I did post-practice or whether it's a question I asked at the podium and I posted it on Twitter or whether I'm sitting with CBS Sports and we're interviewing guys because, again, they feel com- more comfortable with me letting their guard down and giving a more non-scripted, you know, non-coach answer. So it it allows the scouts to know a little bit more about the player that they probably wouldn't get in those one-on-one meetings. Any guys that you are particularly focused on at the Combine for any reason, whether it's the medicals or the on-field work or the interviews? I want to see Deuce Vaughn perform. 
the running back out of Kansas City. I, I got to check and see if he's going to be there. I hope he's there um, because this is someone – because if he's not, then we're going to have a problem because this is someone that has – oh, yeah, he's going to be there. So I want to see him perform. I want to see the short shuttle uh, with him. I, I don't care about the 40-yard dash uh, for him. I want to see how agile he is because when you watch him, he is legit the most agile back in a draft class. I also want to see Keaton Mitchell, the running back out of East Carolina, who have a very high grade on, a little tease. Um, this is someone that has explosiveness and probably is going to run in the 4-3. So I'm excited to see those two guys participate and get out there because I do feel like they're two of the more undervalued players in this class at that position. Interesting. Um, all right. Let's get into your quarterbacks, the, your next group, because I think a lot of people that listened to or watched last week's episode are probably curious about Will Levis. Most people think he'll be a first-round pick. Most people think he'll go in the top half of the first round. You don't have him as one of your top six quarterbacks. Before we get there, make sure everybody knows, by the way, whether it's these XFL games or college hoops or NBA, if you download the DraftKings app and use code Ross, you can put five bucks on any pregame money line bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. They don't really like you can pick like a big favorite only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code Ross. It feels like, you know, they're making it pretty easy for you to get the $150 in free bets. So use the code Ross, DraftKings app. Take advantage of it. All right, Emery. Uh, we'll do uh, – who's your seventh-ranked quarterback? Adrian Martinez out of Kansas State. I thought this past season and what he did at K-State just shows you how he can progress moving forward. Like, this is someone outside of the injury because that's what really knocked him out of the starting lineup. And then, you know, Will Howard did a great job in stepping in. But Martinez played phenomenal football up until the injury. And watching him, I started to come away with the same thought process I had while watching a Dak Prescott and Jacoby Brissett against each other in the, I think it was the Gator Bowl. I'm like, man, these two dudes, are, they're not bad at all. Like, they're really good quarterbacks. So I feel the same way <clears throat> about Adrian Martinez. I think he had a, has a chance to really surprise some. I know he just got drafted in the USFL, which is dope. Um, I, I, I want to say it was Birmingham that drafted or maybe New Jersey. Um but that's cool. This is why sidebar Ross. This is why what people say about, Oh, maybe we were footballed out. These are the same folks that cry about guys, not getting opportunities yet. They want to take away opportunities from guys because they may not want to watch football. I'd rather you just say I'm an NFL and major college football fan, as opposed to a football fan, because true football fans will watch the XFL and watch the USFL, and guys like Adrian Martinez will thrive in, in that scenario, but also could develop into a solid QB2 with potential upside as a starter if he continues on that track. Love it. Number eight, Lindsey Scott Jr., another USFL draft pick. I want to see him in the first round to the Pittsburgh Maulers, but watching this kid throw the football is ridiculous. He won the Walter Payton Award, which is the FCS equivalent to the Heisman Trophy. He was someone that threw 60 touchdown passes this season. He had a Joe Burrow-type year at the FCS level, and he has been outstanding 
everywhere he's gotten the opportunity to start. He was signed by LSU right out of high school. He's a Gatorade, Louisiana player of the year. Um, transferred to East Mississippi Community College, won a national championship there. He then transferred to Missouri, didn't play, transferred to Nichols, broke numerous passing records there, and then transferred again to Incarnate Word after Cam Ward went up to Washington State and just set records there. So everywhere he's gone and hit the field, he's been playing really well and had a really good week at the NFL PA Bowl. So I think, again, I'm big on size is not a skill. I just like watching this kid throw the football. He's one of the best in the country. Man, why do you transfer from Nichols to Incarnate Word? They're both FCS, right? Just a different coach? Yeah, G.J. Kinney took the job at um, Incarnate Incarnate Word. Word. And so now the offense was going to allow him to throw the football a little bit more so than he did at Nichols. At Nichols, he was a 3,000 yard passer 1000 yard rusher and then he went to incarnate word ran less through more and broke records boy they should have beat north dakota state they should have beat them dudes man like that game wow all right so seven is martinez eight is lindsey scott next up number nine matthew mckay out of elon um, really great week of work at the College Gridiron Showcase. And if the name sounds familiar, he transferred in from Montana State, but also transferred from NC State. So if you remember last year, he, he hit the transfer portal the week before Montana State went to the playoffs. And it ended up going with uh, the backup quarterback, um, touchdown Tommy Malott, and so got to the national championship game. But McKay was playing efficient football, and I think that's where his his uh, skill set is. He's an efficient passer, uh, does a great job in the intermediate level of the field, protects the football, so he keeps your offense on pace, and he just plays a quarterback position how you want that position to be played, someone that just is going to protect the football, going to keep you on schedule, not make the big mistake. You go back and watch his game against Vanderbilt this year. He played really well, so we know he can play up to the level of competition. Like I said, he had a really good week down at the um, College Gridiron Showcase. Okay. Your number 10 quarterback. Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, really like his skill set, man. I think he's so he reminds me a lot. I compared him in my notes to Josh Johnson. You know, just someone that just just be out there quarterbacking. Like things just happen. It just moves quickly. Um, he just really just moved the football down the field. Yeah, he can get reckless at times with the football, uh, some head scratches. But one thing you do know, uh, he's gonna compete really well. He's not going to shy away from the moment. Um, and, again, another guy that's coming off a really good week of all-star game practice. I thought he was the best quarterback out there uh, at the East-West Shrine Bowl. So he's another one that's probably going to um, do all the drills here at the Combine with guys like Bryce Young not throwing. Um, Anthony Richardson said he's going to participate. We don't know about Will Levis. Stroud said he's going to participate, but that could change. So it's, it's opportunities for guys like uh, DTR to go out there and really elevate. He had a lot of buzz surrounding him uh, post-practice with how well he handled uh, UCLA and how well he handled uh, the Shrine game practices. So I just want to make sure you know, you, you've named 10 quarterbacks so far. None of them are Will Levis. You know that, right? Right, but you know who's number 11? Will Levis? No, Stetson Bennett. So, <laughs> still not Will Levis. <laughs> but, you know, that's that's who that's to me. Will Levis is, uh, I think, my QB seventeen, um, and, and the reason why Ross, 
I remember, and the the video is still up. That's why I, I'm glad you brought that up. We got receipts. So if you go on my YouTube channel and YouTube football game plan Carson Wentz, I had a fourth round grade on Carson Wentz compared him to uh, Matt Castle, right? In the comments, Ross, they called me everything but the son of God. You know what I'm saying? Like everything in the comments, I was, you know, racist. I was this. I was that. I was a dummy. Because I said, like, he, you know, he's he's good on the killer C's, the comeback crossers and curls. Um, he's solid on your killer S's, your seams, um, your slants and those, you know, uh, shorter routes. But, you know, he doesn't have the the deep ball accuracy isn't where it needed to be. Um, and he's kind of just OK as a quarterback. And I remember going down to the senior bowl and I was on a radio show in North Dakota in between uh, right before the game, they asked me who's my best, who's the best quarterback down there. I was like, to be honest, it was Dak Prescott. And when I say after jumping off that radio show, I've never been back on by the way, but the fans from North Dakota state, you thought I called their baby ugly. So it's, I see the same things with Will Levis. Like he's a good player, but he's like, a he's like Carson Wentz to me to where he is, uh, you know, the ball tends to be reckless where it's placed. The accuracy isn't there. Um, yes, he can run, but he's not a good runner, you know, and and that's something that I, I really want people to understand. You know, just like when we talk about guys that are uh, reckless runners, not every mobile quarterback is the same. RG3 and Michael Vick ran reckless. Vince Young, Terrell Pryor, you know, those, Russell Wilson, those guys ran more under control. They didn't take those hellacious hits. And I think when you look at Will Levis, he's just not a – he runs like Carson Wentz where, you know, he thinks he's about to bowl over somebody, but he takes a hellacious shot. You can't have your quarterback doing that. And a lot of the, the uh, interceptions he's thrown, it's not that, okay, the ball got tipped or or whatever. It's the decision. Like, why were you throwing it there anyway? And the ball, you know, ricocheted off the receiver's hands. Well, if you put it here and not behind him, it wouldn't have ricocheted. So I just think he's more along the lines – of a third round, fourth round pick. Interesting. Wow. Well, QB seventeen. I mean, a lot of times those guys don't even get drafted at all. Well, that's a, here's the thing, Ross. If I was just to take away all the small school guys that I that I grade, because I grade, you know, I grade the whole gambit. People will feel comfortable with saying, "Oh, Will Levis is your QB six. Like, so it's semantics. When you grade as many prospects, you're going to filter guys out. That's why I love my process because we kind of filter guys uh, through. And again, in my top 10 is a number one USFL draft pick in Lindsey Scott. So obviously um, I'm doing something right. Boy, that is interesting about Levis. So the biggest issues you have, reckless with how he plays, ball placement isn't there. I know he had a lot of turnovers, right? Fumbles, interceptions. Right. And he takes a lot of sacks. Um, and I know people will quickly throw out, well, the offensive line, the offensive coordinator, you know, the bluegrass wasn't as blue as it has been down in Kentucky. The economy is not as strong as it was. They'll make all these excuses for Will Levis. But at the end of the day, as a quarterback, you control where you go with the football. You control where you throw the football. And also, if you're this athletic mobile quarterback like everybody's saying, get yourself out of Dodge. Don't take all these sacks. So, you know, that's the thing that uh, people – like double talk, and it doesn't make sense. If he's mobile, then why is he taking all these sacks in the pocket where he's not moving? So that's my whole thing with Will Levis. I just think that 
and it sounds like I'm dumping on him, but he's just a good player, but not someone that warrants a first round pick. Very interesting. Uh, very interesting. Um, I, you know, I gotta be honest with you. It's not like I've studied him that closely. I just know that he certainly has the physical tools, but there's more to it than that at that position. And we know that it's funny, you know, now if you have physical tools, now your comparison is Josh Allen. But like, why isn't your physical tool comparison Wentz or Jamarcus Russell or other guys that didn't make it? Now it's like the physical tool comparison is that. What's the difference, by the way, in your mind, Emery, between Levis and Anthony Richardson? Because they're both pretty big. They both have good arms. They can both run. They both were inconsistent. One of whom... You love the upside. You got him number one overall, number one quarterback. The other one, you have 17. So, obviously, I'm just – because it does seem like there's some similarities between those two guys. Well, outside of the obvious, Ross, um, we were talking about 4-4, probably 4-3 speed compared to, you know, probably a 4-6 guy. Um, That's number one. Number two, age. Anthony Richardson's what, 20, 21? Will Levis is going to be, what, 24 um, years old? So maybe his ceiling is capped. Um, and also, when you look at some of the throws that Richardson hits, he connects accurately deeper down the field than Will Levis does. A lot of Will Levis's deep balls tend to, you know, be contested catches. That tells me uh, the arm strength of anticipation is not where it needs to be. Um, but a lot of it is, is due to his lower body mechanics. Richardson's mechanics, no one talks about this, are phenomenal from his footwork, his setup, his fluid stroke. So he's far more advanced throwing the football than Will Levis is. And lastly, and this is why people got to watch the tape, Ross, when you go and watch uh, Anthony Richardson and you're watching where the balls are placed and where these incompletions lie and where these drops lie, it tells a different story than Will Levis's cut up of bad throws and interceptions and so you can still say if if this ball was dropped but damn that was a good decision he i understand why he went there or you know the guy just got out muscled for the football you know his far his bad plays are not as abundant as will levis's bad plays are if you just roll through cut-ups but a lot of people are just out there watching stats watching box scores and that's the fastest way to tell someone you don't know what you're talking about. You got to check him out on social media. That's the key at F ball game plan on Twitter, football game plan on YouTube. And actually it's all about the draft guide. Cause now I want to go through the rest of it. I want to know who quarterback 12 is 13, 14, 15, 16 between um, 11. I can't remember who 11 was. Stetson. And then 17, who was 11 Stetson Bennett. Yeah, yeah, Stetson Bennett and and 17. We've talked about Stetson Bennett plenty on this show. I'm a fan. Um, not a fan of him getting arrested, but a fan of uh, what he's done as a player. All the way to 17 to Will Levis. Amazing. Cannot wait to get mine. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. Speaking of getting yours, make sure you go to myfrontpagestory.com. Next time you have a birthday or anniversary coming up 
or Mother's Day will be here before you know it. Heck, you can get me one for my birthday. It's Thursday. Myfrontpagestory.com, the gift that keeps on giving. I would not steer you guys wrong. Just like Emery rarely steers you guys wrong as well. He evidently steered the entire media. Now, now wait, watch by the end of this week, okay? There will be whispers toward the end of this week. I don't know about Levis. You know, the thing about Levis is, well, Levis did by the end of the week, there's going to be more and more doubts about Will. He probably won't throw at the combine. They'll say he's scared and blah, blah, blah. You heard it here first from our guy, Emery. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.